Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Nakia and welcome to the Fearless Kia Podcast. Hey everyone, what's up? It's your girl Fearless Kia. Welcome to another Fearless Friday. Um, so I'd like to start today with a quick life update. Honestly, like it's really nothing new happening for me. Um, I am happy, which is good. Like I'm in a good place, you know, um, figuring out what I'm going to do in the next six months to a year. So, I mean, I can't complain. Uh, this week's lesson of the week is to gravitate towards people, places, and things that celebrate you. If they don't celebrate you, they don't pour into you, they don't uplift you and vice versa, then don't navigate to those spaces. It's a waste of time and it really changes your mentality and how you move about your day and the things that you're working towards. So that is my lesson of the week. But without further ado, let's get into today's podcast, guys. I'm so excited to announce this week's guest is a Florida native who was a digital advertising professional working at companies such as Edelman PR firm, AOL, and Oath. He stepped away from his nine to five last year to pursue his passion as a photographer. Since taking a leap of faith to pursue photography full-time in October 2017, Mark's work has been featured on Forbes, Essence, Travel Noir, Crown Magazine, just to name a few, and his work has been credited by more than 15-plus brands of publications from Pepsi, Toyota, Locker to Refinery29, Diva Curl, and the list goes on and on and on. Mark's photography focuses on capturing scenes that spark emotion. This can be seen with one of his latest projects, My Father's Hand, a photo series that takes a deep look at the intimate bond between a father and a son through the memories that are captivated through the sight of one's hands. If you follow Mark on social media, he is always working on a project and in his own words, continues to push himself to capture internal emotions that are hard to describe with words. Without further ado, welcome to the Fearless Kia podcast, Mark. Well, like I want to give myself like a standing ovation because that was the best introduction I ever got. You had everything, the the, the brands and everything. Like that was lit. I tried, I'm, you know, I tried to do my research. You make it be sound important and stuff like I that. I tried to do my research <laughs> to make sure I got it right. So I'm like, oh my goodness. But thank you so much for coming on the Fearless Kia podcast. Um, we've known each other for what, probably two years? Apparently, yeah, at least. Yeah. Probably two years. And Mark has shot my podcast photo. Yeah. Yep. I, you know, was graced. You know, God allowed me to get that photo before Mark shot up. Listen, I was like, <laughs> you know, before he shot up. That was like early on. Early on uh, that was so. very early. I remember like we were trying to figure out the camera settings. Yes. We didn't know exactly what was going on, but it, hey, you know. Yeah, look. Mark said, give me that fake ass smile. And I gave him a <laughs> look and then we got it. We got this shot. Yeah, so. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I usually like to start out with each guest um, asking, what is your deepest fear? Yeah, so my, my deepest fear is probably letting down the people who've invested so much into me. I think um, that's probably my deepest fear, you know, because they see the potential in me. Mm-hmm. And if I fail to reach my maximum potential, 
potential. I feel like I'm failing them. So like, right. I just want to make sure I'm getting the most out of my time here on the planet. Right? right. So that's kind of my ultimate fear is letting myself and the people around me down. Yeah. And what, what do you feel like developed that fear? Do you feel like it was later on in life versus, or have you always felt that fear as you've gone through different stages in your life? Um, I just know, like, I'm a, I'm a, like, second-generation immigrant, so, like, mm. my family came from Trinidad and Jamaica to start a new life here, and, like, I'm the oldest in my family, and I'm mm. kind of, like, I'm kind of, like, uh, like, the golden child, like, my, my, the grandchildren, I'm the oldest one, and I try to, like, set an example for all my cousins, so, like, I feel like they're looking up to me, my aunts and my uncles are like looking to me to just be a good role model for their kids so like i just want to make sure that i'm just doing the best that i can um, and like just leading by example uh, within the family because i feel like since i was the first grandchild like there's a lot like you're the first grandchild so there's a lot like a lot of um you know expectations for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and do you feel like there is like an extra pressure being uh you say second generation immigrant here do you well, feel like there's a lot of extra pressure from your family to to be great or do great or live up to their expectations? Well, I mean, I think my family just has like high expectations, mm-hmm. period. Like, okay. I know my grandfather still asked me, when am I going back to uh, school? Like, get when am master's? I to get my master's? No, that's the most Caribbean that, thing, right? <laughs> I think that's the most black thing. Like, yeah. in general, I feel like every parent is like, what master's? Yeah, master's. education. Yeah, yeah. But you can't knock them because that's their generation. Right. Like our generation, like the millennial generation, we grew up with the internet. We 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 can see we see personally like you can make it on your own like using the internet. So um, and my, save a coin, right? So my parents are definitely understanding. My grandparents are like, "Yo, what what are you gonna get that uh, master's degree?" <laughs> <laughs> Every time you come home, mm-hmm, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, so you yeah. got that master's. Mm-hmm. So then I wanted to ask you, how are you actively working on moving beyond that fear, right? So you know that's in the back of your mind mm-hmm. and that's something. How do you not lead with that fear when you go into your day-to-day mm-hmm. um, routine? Well, I mean, everyone's going to have fear. Like, I don't want to like back away from fear because right. brave people are still scared. They just right. do it anyway. So like... I always just keep like an ant mentality, just like the first centimeter in front of me. And I want to make today the best day as I, as I can. Mm-hmm. So like that fear is going to be there, but I just got to know to keep pushing. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. sounds really cliche, yeah. but like, you know, there's no secret formulas to, to success. It's really True. just consistency and just keeping your head down and doing the work. Right. Right. Yeah. And perfecting your craft. And perfecting my craft. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you mentioned in a blog post in October when you... Left your mm-hmm. left your job. You mentioned when you hear congratulations from friends and family deep down, you know that you haven't earned that word yet. Do you feel like you finally earned <laughs> that congratulations? Looking at October 2017 to now. Oh my! Somebody read my blog. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> you I did that. I'm following. Yes. Um, no, I don't think, I don't, I still get very uncomfortable with congratulations, especially when I, like when I first quit my job, mm-hmm. everyone's mentioned, your congratulations, your inspiration, blah, blah, blah. Like I haven't accomplished anything but quitting my job. I didn't, I haven't made a penny right. as a freelancer, like full time. So like, I just didn't feel like I deserve it. And I still don't feel like I deserve it because I haven't accomplished all my goals. I'm still very much so at the very bottom of the photography space, mm. right? Like to my friends who are working in advertising and, and digital marketing, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a photographer. We're having great success, but there are photographers that's been in the game 10, 12, 20 years, right? right? So I'm still working my way up and learning as I go. So like, 
when I hear congratulations, I'm learning to accept it and try to block it out from like adding to my anxiety because like I don't mm. want people to say, oh, you made it when like I know when I go home stressing about like if is my work good enough for like, you know, ex client that's super big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and I also feel like congratulations too early, like mentally will hit a switch. Mm. Like when people make announcements too early, I, I literally feel like you, you hit a mental switch. Like, oh, I've already accomplished this. So I'm going to like slow up a little bit and then boom, somebody passes you. So um, I try not to um, dwell too much on the congratulations because I know there's so much more I want to accomplish. It's only been, it's been 11 months, which is something I, I am proud of, like yeah. making it almost a year. But like, after 365 days, it's day 366. Fact. What am I going to do? Like, Fact. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How was it for you transitioning from a full-time nine to five to um, being a full-time kind of freelance, as I would say, or, uh, you know, freelance yeah. the word, but photographer yeah. and, and walking away from this, this security, right? There's this security, there's this constant revenue coming in mm-hmm. you know this is the advertising for constant revenue we're generating yes. revenue here and now you're transitioning out and 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 you are for for guys who don't, um for those who don't know mark is a loving husband mm-hmm. so you also have this support the household yeah. sorry pressures how was that for you as as a man a black man walking away and, and saying like okay i'm gonna take a leap of faith on my passion versus what I know and I'm good at. Right. Yeah. So before I even quit, I had to run it by Jasmine. You know, Jasmine, uh, I'm like, this is my plan. She's like, what's your plan, bro? <laughs> Are you trying to quit? Like, what's good? Like, you know what like, she's like, she wasn't just like, okay, sounds great. I'll support you. She was like, nah, let me see the metrics. How much money you guys save? Right. Well, give well, me this, the pitch. What, well, this, yeah, the pitch. Give me the pitch. She's like, I, you know, I'm not really trying to be like, I, like, I understand. Like, I want to, plus I want to do it. I want to get it on my own. Like, nobody wants any type of handouts, right? right. Like, of course she supports me. Like, you know, she's my therapist. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, um, so I had to pitch it to her first and like, she believed in me and like, she'll keep it a hundred. Like if she's like, well, I don't know, Mark, I don't think you can, you know, maybe you should not do this right now. <laughs> um, and she was like that at first, but then I had to show her that I was serious and that was by working and right. that took like a year. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, this is a year prior to... A year prior to, yeah, this is like 2016. Okay. She saw me like shooting in the morning before work, shooting at lunch, shooting after work. Right. Sunday, all day. Saturday, all day. Being tired. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So she's like, okay, this is something that like Mark loves to do and he, she could see the progression. Right. right? <clears throat> in terms of like, you know, the steady paycheck. Yeah, I mean, I... My last company paid me well. I never really thought about money. Like, I can mean, of course you think about money, but right. like, I never was like, hmm, my bills do, I'm not doing any extra calculus on top of that. I'm just paying right. the bill, right? Right. I'm just paying the like, bill. Like, this is a consistent thing. That's yeah, there's no timing thing. Right. Like, oh, I got to move this around. Like, I can travel. I've traveled the world. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's not like I was um, coming from like a part-time job into doing freelancing, right? I was a right. full-fledged career, um, 401k and everything. So like, um, that is, I'm still getting used to it because like, Sometimes, you know, I'm like, am I spending above my means? Because I'm just, I was used to this lifestyle. Catching an Uber from Brooklyn to Harlem was a thing. It's not a thing for me anymore. Like, I don't really want to do that too often. And like, you know, people don't be paying invoices when they say they're going to pay these invoices. You know what (sighs) I'm saying? So it's like, okay, 
My now I know when my credit card bill is due because you know I'm trying to keep that good credit right. and make sure to pay it on time. So like, um, that's a transition that I, <clears throat> you know, I'm still working with. Hasn't been like any huge changes, but I saved up for like a year. Like I, I, made, I had a nice. Mm nest egg of money i made investments when i moved up to new york so like i cashed in on that so i will say i had about like twenty five thousand right ready just as like a cushion and i've done some damage to that twenty five thousand. <laughs> i've done some real damage to that 25 so it's like um you know i'm still working through that but i was able to calculate it and be prepared to quit like if i would have quit with like nothing saved, I, I, nah, I wouldn't have made it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so now I feel like just 11 months in, I'm really having months where I was making more than I was at my previous job, which right. is great. But it's also like, well, this got to make up for the past two months when it was a little light. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, I'm, I feel like I'm, 11 months in, I'm finally getting like a groove of consistency. Right. And I'm worried because, yes, yeah, it's the summer. What happens when it cools cools up a bit? Like these campaigns don't come as easy. They might move to the West Coast and stuff like that. So, you know, those are things that I'm thinking about. But, you know, so far, you know, so good in terms of the transition monetary wise. Yeah. Yeah. And I also add to that, and you said you had to like run it by Jasmine to make sure like mm-hmm. this is the plan before mm-hmm. we step out. How has having a strong black woman in your corner help empower you as a man to really pursue you know, what makes you happy and what, what fuels your passion? I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it at all without her. Even like just to support, like, I don't remember, like, I don't have any coworkers. So sometimes I go, if I'm working, like my schedule's weird. Like, so a lot of my friends, they work nine to fives. You know, I've been in New York for many years and worked in nine to five position in technology. So like every, all my homies, they're working nine to five. I don't work in that same schedule. I haven't been to brunch all summer. And it's, I'm like, wow, it's August. <laughs> I've been to brunch. I used to be a, a bruncher, brun- like, a brunching ass nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, oh, it's Sunday. It's yeah, Saturday. it's time. It's but like, move. but a lot of my clients, when they want to do their photo shoot Saturday and Sunday. So I'm not right. seeing anybody. So without her, I wouldn't even literally wouldn't even talk to people. Mm-hmm. if I wasn't on like a shoot you know what I'm saying so like that alone has been like tremendous and like she'll call it she'll hey, mm, so what you do today like I'm like my QBR my business meetings and like my updates my one on ones are kind of with her right. I'm like this is what I'm working on I'm worried about this I'm concerned about this you know um, and just having her in my corner like it wouldn't be possible without her and obviously I have like an upper hand because I'm able to get health insurance from her mm-hmm. so like that is a, a big thing with freelancers having to deal with the health insurance that's something i don't have to yeah. worry about that's like one of the biggest blessings the benefits that that's you... one of the mm-hmm. benefits to committing you know what i'm saying so like speaking of commitment yes so you committed to you got married how long ago how long have you i got married uh t- 2014. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all were in a relationship. Yeah, so we about... went to high school together. Okay. We started dating in college. Um, and then we dated for, we did some long distance and we dated through that whole time. So like, we've been married, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like our mutual friend group, like as a massive mutual friend group because we went to high school with some homies. We went right. to college with some people. Like everybody right. knows us, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's a good that's also like a good system because she foundationally knows who I am and she's seen me grow right. as a person. Like, I don't know if I would have met her last year. We, I wouldn't have been able to, we wouldn't be able to connect the way we have. Like, it's a special thing when you have like a lifelong friend that is also your partner, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. I was in, 
when I wanted to tie back about the commitment thing is that you made a commitment mm-hmm. to someone else very early on as yeah. far as you knew mm-hmm. you know, that for a lot of men out here mm-hmm. in New York mm-hmm. that don't be committing. Right. How? <clears throat> now, I know you have a lot. You're in a brotherhood. I know that you have um, a lot of young males that look up to you. Mm-hmm. And in that particular, just to put a little love and family, you know, mm-hmm. turn the conversation just a little bit. What would you say to men who are afraid of commitment, right? Who fear this, oh, I get on the other side of that, like it's... Lord, like my freedom is gone. Like there's this idea that's like my freedom is gone, but you being someone who's been committed, you being a strong black woman, you seeing how you evolve individually Mm -hmm. and as one as Mm -hmm. a whole. Um, and I'm not saying that it's it's easy or that 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 um commitment and union Mm -hmm. is the grass is greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. However, there is clearly a side to it that I feel like it's not showcased a lot. I feel like we're just getting in the groove of showcasing what love is and Mm -hmm. black love is. And so for your perspective, what would you advise? And this is more just kind of a, from your experience, men who are fearful of commitment or taking the leap of faith with someone that they're interested. Right. I mean, I get this all the time from, homies that I've known for a long time, mm-hmm. homies that I've known for a short amount of time. And like, I'm not the one to give advice, like live your life. I can only speak on my own reasons and my own right. experiences. Right. So for me, I had a lot of volatility uh, coming up, moving different places. I went to three different high schools and three different area codes. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like I had a lot of movement. Um, and like, for me, I was, I feel like I was very focused early on, like mm-hmm. at the beginning of college, and like me being with her and like just committed to her, like I'm so locked in to my own personal growth and to have such a large part of my life already checked, you know, that allows me to focus right. on the shit I want to focus on and like subtract out all the noise. A lot of people are like, yo, how you, I mean, dog, how you, uh, how you still like, that's a long time. It's like, dog, like. I don't even want to have, I don't want to add any additional drama to my life um, because like success and being in your groove mm-hmm. and your flow is a very fragile state. One slip, you wake up late in the morning, two days in a row, your whole week might be a little bit off. So I I'm, I know that. So like any extracurricular anxieties or secrets will like slow down my own personal mission, right? Because right, so now you're taking energy to focus on things that is not... Exactly. So like that is just my personal experience. I know for a fact, like I know we she and I, we've been together. A lot of people know us as a couple. Um, and they always like have the same like, oh, y'all are y'all are doing big shit. It's because like we focus on this relationship part and then that opens up all the stuff for all the possibilities. All the possibilities. Like I'm her therapist. She's my therapist. We talk things out. We mm-hmm. we strategize together. We finesse two sides of the same situation for one another. Like um, it's it's always helpful to have like your road dog to help mm-hmm. you finesse, especially if you're on the same way. Like we don't even see each other that much. Mm-hmm. Like we be. She works at a very large tech company. She out late. I'm out late. I'm up early. She up early. We come in and then. Listen, all right, let's grab dinner. We haven't, I haven't seen you in like in five days. Right. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so we're on the same wavelength as that. And like the way we're operating now, I don't, I feel like it would be very hard to even be in the 
courtship stage with somebody and spending mm. that time. So we already put that time in. So now we can just lock lock in. We don't have any kids or anything like that. So it's like, um, that's kind of my, that's kind of how we're, we're operating and how we've had so much success because we've already, um, foundationally got that situated. And yeah. so like the commitment has helped my life tremendously because I can focus on enriching myself and somebody's pouring into me and I'm pouring into this yeah. someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, there are ways that I can recognize, wow, like, I can see my direct influence on her and like her success and vice versa. Yeah. So we're like we're almost like a yin and yang, but we kind of fit together good. And I think it's key <clears> that you said that lifelong friend and friendship, and that's like the foundation to any great uh, relationship and particularly union for longevity purposes. <clears throat> but I also know that you mentioned kids. Mm-hmm. So do you foresee, you know, in the future, near future, adding you know new fam- new members to family? Yeah, in the future, I don't think now. I don't think now is the time. Mm-hmm. Like we very much so grind mode, very New York City grind mode, and <laughs> yeah. like, and like honestly, dual income, no kids is a nice life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. We travel. Where we going? Okay, boom, boom, boom. We book a ticket. Right. We run. We go. Uh, we want to hit a happy hour. We can do that. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got no pets, no dogs, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, you know, and I feel like a lot of people, like obviously, our families are like asking and stuff like that, but like. You know, my mom had me when she was 20. My dad was ni- my dad was like 19, 20, mm-hmm. or 19 and 20. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm thinking at, thinking about myself at 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I'm like, how the f- How the f- <laughs> Bro, that, I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? That baby won't survive. I forget something and the baby don't got his bottle or something. So like, I don't feel bad about having a kid later because I've never been smarter than I am right now. I'm gonna be like Will Smith to these kids. I got all these okay. life lessons, you know exactly. what I'm saying? Like Jada, right? Exactly. Like yes. get all these lessons because I've learned so much in my 20s that like my parents had me so early. Like they're still we know like we it's figuring out the 20s is like difficult to find yourself, and I feel like very grounded at this point in my life. And it is a <clears> different <throat> life to literally experience majority of your 20s in New York City. Mm-hmm. That is a different. That teaches you so much street smarts is not even crazy. Because we know book smarts, right? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But this New York grind street smart thing is a whole different mm-hmm. piece. And to make it through your 20s, it's like when you get to your 30s in New York, it's like, all right, we did this. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Learn that lesson, made that mistake, understand that. Yeah. And like, I, I'm still here, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I love New York. I I know I, I'm from Florida. I'm a Floridian. But I've lived in New York longer than I've lived in any other city, like singular city sure. in my life. You know what Me I'm saying? Too. So it's like, you know, I will always love New York. I, I, I Hopefully I can get rich enough so I never have to leave. Give me a little pad and Soho and another okay. one. In here. <laughs> Come on, claim it. Claim it. I'm, in. I'm, you know that's what I'm, right. I'm over here trying to be like... Take me west. Let me go to LA, experience the sun, Uh the beaches. Um, But yeah, New York is definitely will always forever change Uh me and has made me like Uh that. You know, I grew up in Maryland. Again, I'm not from New York. I'm not a native New Yorker either. But being here, I feel like it's really made me bring me. So if I go anywhere else, it's just like oh, I'm not saying it's a piece of cake, but it's gonna feel less. Less stressful it than is. the New York environment. It's funny. We already fight for space. 
yeah. every damn day. Yeah. Trying to get on the train, trying to walk on the sidewalk, trying to get in there, yeah. trying to get in But there. the serendipity of like this place, you'll meet somebody, oh, I know you from such and such and I work here. Like I've been, we should like that link up. That is so true. Like that, you're not going to get those connections you're not, anywhere else. You're not going to get that. Like the number of creators and other people, the number of people were just projects. Mm. Like people have projects. I'm on your podcast. This is your project. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like back home where we come from, like there's a lot less projects happening. True. So it's a lot and less. a lot more routine. And yeah. Like, go to work, come home. Mm-hmm. Get the house, like get the house, the car, which is in the American dream. I'm trying, I'm trying to get that too. But like, I, I like my unique, uh, you New York experience. And I was just thinking about it. You just remind me of something. So when I was little, like my auntie had like the satellite dish mm. and like, I would, like later at night, I would turn on the satellite dish, you know, trying to see what's popping. <laughs> I was like, like, you know, 12, 11, um, you know, 13 maybe. And they had like Taxi Cab Confessions on HBO. Have you heard of that yeah, show way back yeah. in it? And like, they would like basically have a camera in a taxi cab. They'll pick them up on the streets and like they'll talk about whatever their lives was at. I remember watching, like, damn, like New York is crazy. Like, <laughs> and they had like the montage of like the 90s New York City or the early 2000 New York City, like 2002, 2003. I'm like, oh, that's dope. I never once thought I would ever live here. And then I, I was on YouTube and I put like taxi cab confessions on the right hand side. And I like watched all those episodes. I'm like, whoa, like the ethos of the city hasn't really changed. Like the streets might look a little different gentrification here and there, but like the, the, the energy of that city of this city is like still the same. I probably it's always been that way. That was a sign the universe playing mm-hmm. a little in your and, brain. Like, and once in a while. Yeah. I said the same thing. I said, I've never, never wanted to live in New York. And I was like, every summer or something, I ended up in New York. Mm-hmm. My internship was in Maryland, but I had friends that had internships here at Viacom and stuff in mm-hmm. New York. And I was like, I, I ended up, Every time and I was like, something tells me. I knew. Remember the day I left the Viacom building and visiting one of my friends, I said, something tells me I'm going to end up in New York and this is not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But God wants me to be here for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it is, but you you know when something's going to happen where you're supposed to be. It's just signs. Even if you see it, touch it, feel it, it's like, this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But I wanted to... Um, kind of shift gears in the conversation and go back into photography for mm-hmm. you. What, you know, when did you know, this is like the brown sugar question, y'all. When did you fall in love with photography? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, and on brown sugar, it was like, when did you fall in love with hip hop? All right. Confession, y'all. <laughs> I've never seen brown sugar. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's why you're like, huh? What's what's good? Brown sugar, no, like, yeah. I know the film, like, okay. I know the film. Um, so when did you fall, when did I fall in love with photography? You know, I guess, I guess, hmm, there's something about being like out of town, ta- like way out of town, like out of the country. That, um, so I was in Italy for like a trip with a travel company. Mm-hmm. Travenor. Um, like, I, I like the camera and like, uh, a buddy of mine, JD, Gerard, mm-hmm. um, he was carrying around his camera. We had the same camera. I'm like, yo, this is before Italy. I'm sorry. I'm all out of order. He started carrying around his camera. He's like, oh, I'm about to do this photography thing. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So I'm walking with him. He's carrying his camera. He's trying to figure out the settings. I'm like, oh, I'm going to just bring my camera too. Like, and this is right around the time we had shot. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to just bring my camera too. Like, we'll figure it out. 
And for some reason, it just stuck. Like we just kept doing it. He would he would do this. I'll challenge him. He'll challenge me. And we kind of just grew grew together. And that and like, I still like I'm still in the process of falling in love with it. I think mm-hmm. I'm more so in love with um, creating a, telling a story. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, a lot of millennials of the Instagram generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of the same themes in these projects we talk about. I'm starting a blog because I want to tell the story of XYZ. I'm starting a podcast because I want to highlight and tell the story of XYZ. You know, I'm writing a book. So, like, so my medium happens to be photographer, photography. This is how I tell my story. This mm-hmm. is my blog. This is my podcast. This is these images, right? So like I'm more so um, falling in love with the the practice of being a participant and a contributor to the zeitgeist of our time and like what did that look like what were we feeling what does that feel like right yeah. so like that may change it might turn into film that might turn into other other mediums but right now it's photography so like one thing i do love about photography that i've grown to love in the past two years is like you can hand somebody a photo you can hang a photo on the wall of a video you know you gotta send a file blah 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 but i can i can gift you yeah a photograph and you can lose it and you can find it years later and boom, you're right back into that moment. Right. It's kind of like, uh, like a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got all these blogs, but we have a book, you touch, it, you flip the page, you smell the pages. Like, um, I feel like writers and photographers actually have a lot in common. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, that's why I love the medium of photography. And there wasn't a, maybe a specific moment. It was just like growing into, um, the storytelling stuff. It'd be dope to do some, writing and photography type of mm-hmm. event here in New mm-hmm. York with mm-hmm. a lot of up-and-coming writers. That would be dope. Mm-hmm. Sponsors. Sponsors. But um, to go into even... So I've, I've watched your photography um, <clears throat> over time in, in one of the most captivating ones to me, and I can't remember exactly the title of it, but you were in like this... It felt like an asymmetrical room and it was two dancers mm-hmm. and you're like on the ground. And that's one thing I will say. I feel like you move with the pieces mm-hmm. and the subjects that mm-hmm. you captured too. And it was just like beautifully and artistically and visually captured. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that level of, you know, I said on my Twitter today, I was interviewing one of the most captivating photographers that I know, um, you know, in New York City because you're not afraid to really utilize, like, to move, try different things mm-hmm. to really evoke this emotion of what you're trying to get out of mm-hmm. the story that you're trying to tell in your photography. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, commend you Thank on you. just your practice of continuing to push yourself to really deliver amazing work. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that after this podcast and many moments to come, it could be in six months, it could be three months, it's just like, 2019, 2018, the rest of 2018 is going to be some lit shit coming out. Some lit shit coming out. Got some stuff. So I I wanted to kind of close off the the conversation more so talking to you about in the last 11 months that Mm -hmm. you have um, been freelancing as a photographer, what are some some lessons that you learned and what would you advise anyone who is looking to transition out of their nine to five into this industry or even someone who's an up and coming photographer and really trying to get their head in skin in the game 
Yeah, um, this is one one of the most valuable things that I learned like in these eleven months is like <clears throat> I used to be like, you know, I need some help. Like I need a mentor. Like how do I get pl- a plug? Um, and I found that everything had just come from like working. Mm-hmm. I used to be like looking at other people's work and like but like I just shut all that out and just shoot and just create right <clears throat> and I was walking in between shoots and I came up with this concept or maybe out of osmosis I read it somewhere yeah. but I think I came up with this concept but like um I'm like oh I'm like a lumberjack like imagine a big giant tree right mm-hmm. and like I'm a lumberjack and a lumberjack is swinging his little axe on this big tree and like the, the lumberjack can stop swinging and look at a tree like, yo, ain't nobody helping me. Like, what's up with this tree? Why hasn't it fallen yet? Where's my success? But like a real good lumberjack is just focusing on his swing and doing that perfect swing over and over and over and over and over on that tree. And eventually it will fall. Mm-hmm. Right. So I spend each day working on my swing. I don't work on any like I don't worry about any other outside factors. I'm only focused on my day to day to day to day. Right? So like that is one thing just eliminate those distractions. Um another thing that I learned like the freelance life it it will sound it sounds good. It sounds like oh I'm going to have so much more time. Yeah. I'm going to have so much more time to do all these photography things. Not the case because when I was working 9 to 5, I know when I wasn't working on photography, it was 9 to 5 working on my job. I know at 5 6 whenever I get out of the office Boom, it's time photography time. Now, all the time could be photography time, right? So I can shoot in the morning, noon, night, but also got to do my uh, expenses. I got to do my own laundry. You know, I do laundry and shit. Like, I got to, like, be my own advertiser. So I have a lot less time. It's very hard for me to schedule things. You know what I'm saying? Less is on my calendar now because, you know, I don't have as much structure as I used to have. I knew, right. I knew when I wasn't working and I knew when I was working. Now I'm working all the time. Right. When I go on vacation and travel, if I get an email telling me, yo, we got some money for you, Mark, I got to answer the email and take the call. If I'm in Turks and Caicos, whatever. Like I got to take the call. If I had to tr- cut my trip short, if the bag is big enough, I'm cutting the trip short. Right. Right. So like the illusion of having more time if you quit your job is not the case. Um, and then I learned that you have to be able to create your own urgency. Mm. You have to. You have to you have to look inward and say, what creates urgency for me? Is it going to panels and just sitting in the mm-hmm. back and hearing inspiring stories? Is it watching YouTube videos? Not too many YouTube videos because you get stuck watching watching and reading and researching and not doing. But like, you know, putting myself in positions where I'm inspired and it creates urgency. I go to galleries by myself in the middle of the day. I'm looking at photos like, oh my, how? These right. people are so talented. Boom, urgent. I got to do something. Right. Beyonce tapped Tyler Mitchell. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is possible now. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Like, I that seemed like an impossible thing for a black photographer. September Vogue, which is the best Vogue of the year. Yeah. And Beyonce, he's 23 years old. Anything, he's not signed. He doesn't have an agency. Like, so that let me know, okay. Wow, this is literally possible. Like I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like um putting myself in the places where I can generate my own urgency. Um that's probably one of the biggest lessons that's that I learned. Huge lesson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that when you have a routine schedule uh, uh when you're in a corporate environment, there is a routine already for you. There's mm-hmm. meetings on the calendar. 
There's goals. All these things are set, right? Goals that we're working towards, revenue mm-hmm. that we need to drive. When you are like, okay, what are my goals that I'm trying to, what is the revenue I'm trying to hit? I don't have the admin of the team to do mm-hmm. this and the finance person. Mm-hmm. You are the company. Mm-hmm. You are your company. Yeah. You are, you know, so not only are you shooting, but you are a walking um, reflection of your brand. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard, you know, it's a hard thing to juggle and still make sure that like you're, you're, you're perfecting your craft at mm-hmm. every time. And so, I mean, like I said, every time I see you on social media, you, you out here, you know, hustling, you shooting, mm-hmm. you going somewhere. All right, I'm here, I'm there. I'm, mm-hmm. And it's never a time that you never not working. Mm-hmm. How do you, this is the next question. How do you find time to <coughs> refuel yourself since you are running like, hundred miles yeah. per hour. Yeah, I mean that's another thing I had to get used to is like tooting my own horn, bro. To you know what I, so I have to show you every time I'm making a move you know, or completing a move. I don't like announce a move before they happen, but like if I this happened, y'all beep beep beep. Look at this, yeah. blah blah. Like that's part of advertising. I'm a business. Those are my commercials. Um, <clears throat> but like, you know, how am I finding the time and balancing it? Like I use like a trigger word. Good morning, right? Nobody ever asks, what is a good morning to me? Hmm. Like, what are the tick boxes I can check off to say, this was a good morning, this is not a good morning? It's not like necessarily hitting like a goal, but like being aware of like, oh, I've had a lot of not good mornings this week. Let me course correct that. A good morning for me is waking up before 6 a.m., hmm. meditating for 15 minutes, going to the gym. And then getting, if I don't have a shoot, like getting good, deep work in through noon, right? Because that's when the afternoon happens. And that is a good morning for me. Obviously, I might wake up late or I might skip the gym, but like I know what a good morning is and that's the target I'm looking to hit. And I feel like even if you just create that specific target mm-hmm. and aim for that, it's going to give a lot more structure to your life. You know what I'm yes. saying? So Preach. like, y'all... What's a good, good morning? What is a good morning? You say it all the time. People say it to you like, was it a good morning? You should ask yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like people say, happy Monday. And you know, yeah, well, you don't want to be in the office on Monday, but it's like, <laughs> what is a happy Monday? Yeah. What, what, is, what is a happy Monday? What is a happy Friday? Oh, a happy Friday. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is that? What does that look like? You know right. what I'm saying? And how can you replicate or duplicate that every mm-hmm. day so that your energy is right? <clears throat> right. And then it's more so like, let's say things are going good. And like, so when things are going good for me, I'm taking a mental note. Okay, what am I doing? What am I eating? Mm. What, what time am I waking up? So then when like, to be honest, like the past week or two, two weeks, I've been like off balance. Mm. But like I literally writing down what's going good and what's going bad. I'm like, oh, I stopped meditating and that's probably my wow. effect. So like taking inventory when things are going good. So when you do feel that mercury retrograde, you can kind of force yourself okay. like back. You can like, oh, this, I forgot I stopped doing that. Or yep. this new show started and I've been binge watching. It's been kind of throwing me off. Mm. Handmaid's Tale ruined the whole week for Yo, me, bro. Oh. oh, it's so good. I was like, yo, one more episode four hours later. I'm oh like still watching God. it. But I will say like people ask me, oh, do you feel like things are smooth for you now? Because like uh, July was my first um, five figure month. Come on. Yeah. Clap, clap. Snap, snap. So like, okay. Wow. Okay. That's nice. <clears throat> so. But like what's in my books, the upcoming, I've, I'm not having invoiced that yet. So like, I do feel like I'm making great strides mm. and like motivation comes from like, uh, successes or like getting better or seeing progress. Once people feel like they're not getting better at some, they kind of quit. 
Right. Right. So people are lose their passion when they don't get better. You know right. what I'm saying? Like I was, I taught myself guitar and then I like uh, played a few songs and then like the next song I learned was like too hard and I'm like, oh, I don't think guitar's for me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just because it got a little hard. You know what I'm saying? So like I just want to make sure that I'm working to get this a little bit better or finding ways where I can get better and that'll keep me motivated. It's little successes. Absolutely. So do you feel like you're happy? I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm doing things I never thought I would do. A client just booked my trip to Bali to shoot. Oh my God. First of all, Bali is amazing. Okay. You got to send me some tips. You got to send me some tips then. Oh my God. Like gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous. Cheap. Cheap city. Once you get there, like yeah. your money runs long. Once you get there, yeah, I'm but trying. Like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be a five star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is <laughs> like amazing. You're gonna get some fire shots. Yeah. I can. Oh my god! Like I can already see it. Bali is gorgeous. Yeah. Like that's one of the places I'm like I gotta go back. Okay, I'm excited. That's one I'm of the places where I'm like I gotta go. Yeah, back. I'm shooting for three days, and then I got like another four days after that to just do whatever I want. So. Go to the temples. Yeah. See, yeah. <clears throat> Gorgeous. So photography has brought me that and I don't have to pay for the travels, you know? So True. Wow. I usually, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I remember you coming out to me. What event were we at? The CCMIC. HBO, yeah. HBO event. You were like, yo, like your podcast, he is this raving, doing dope things. And I was just like, at that moment, I was like, I wasn't sure. You know what I'm saying? You just, you just never know. Mm -hmm. You're like, I always want to make sure I'm telling people's stories and, and keeping integrity with it, but also making sure that, like, this is your story. You can look back at this in eight months and be like, I remember where I was mm -hmm. at this moment at that time. And so to know that, like, all right, this is this is something that I should continue to do. Mm -hmm. To your point, you start something and then you're like, ah, am I good at this? Mm -hmm. Am I mm -hmm. not? But, like, I was like, yeah, I got to get Mark on this. I gotta get Mark on the podcast. Very I'm happy so to be glad here. that I could fit in your busy schedule oh, nah, I was for you to join me. Um, I usually end all of the podcast with a quote, and the crazy thing is, I didn't have necessarily a quote when I was preparing the script, but the quote that I want to kind of key is quote at the end is to just say half of the battle is starting, the other half is doing, mm -hmm. and I feel like that is what you're doing, and so there's fear of course like you said we all move in fear and that's a part of being fearless and you can't be fearless and not have fear but i know that by doing that and moving beyond it and like actually putting yourself in this motion of doing what you love to do that it'll never come to fruition mm -hmm. and so i'm gonna leave off the episode with that little tidbit guys thank you so much for listening and again i wish you guys Nothing but love, light, and many of blessings. Have a great Fearless Friday. It's your girl, Fearless Kia, and we are out. Dang.